0: Today on the ZabeCast, I get called on the carpet by a 1% listener and subscriber. I resist the urge to blast him, and an interesting discussion ensues. Paul Charchian swings by, and he's newly outraged by Ticketmaster? Where you been the last 10 years, pal? All that, plus I reach peak envy when it comes to rich dudes and golf. Bonus, digitally perfect, stereophonic me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Wednesday, June 5th, 2019. Thank you for downloading and thank you if you happen to be a subscriber to the Zabecast... Premium edition, or paid edition, or subscriber edition, whatever you want to call it. I appreciate all who listen and all who put money in my pocket. Got an email last week from one Brian Tapman. Tapman. He writes to say steed. See, when somebody addresses me as steed, I know right there. They are not just a one percenter who really knows me and listens and understands all the little inside jokes about me. But they generally like me. It, it warms my heart to be called Steed. And if you don't know why I'm called Steed, eh, you know what? I'm not going to tell you right now. Anyway, he goes on to say, I've been a loyal listener since you and I were both in Charlotte, North Carolina as residents. I'm still a fan. And I will continue to listen to the 980 app and the free Zabecast podcast, but I can no longer justify the monthly premium, which I paid not because I needed to get a Friday show, but because I felt I was supporting your efforts to set up your own listener base slash revenue stream. I was not going to bail after the first week or two of your Milwaukee show as I understood that you were working through a transition. But both the quantity and the quality of the podcast has been steadily going downhill. The Zabecast now often jumps right into the guest and abruptly ends after the guest, without your usual conversation, both pre and post. I wish you the best with your morning and afternoon shows and the podcast, but please stop the premium, quotes, Zabecast, before you alienate more fans. Ouch. Make me your FTG if you want, but I just wanted to let you know why I dropped out a premium. On the plus side... I gave your monthly fee to Dazone, and I saw the big upset of Joshua the other night, so thanks for that. Sincerely, Brian Tapman. Of course, at first I wanted to, you know, how it is nowadays. But I responded back as calmly as I could with the standard Tom Herman reply, okay, cool, hook em. But then I said, I just want to know. I have missed exactly one subscriber podcast by my count in this transaction transition. One. And yes, I said I am going right into the guest these days, but I've actually had some feedback from people saying that they actually like that. I guess he does not. I said the length of the podcast is about the same, 45 minutes, plus or minus. But hey, I appreciate the feedback. All the best. Steve. He replied back, no hard feelings, but you know as well as anyone that radio and podcasts now are a Monday through Friday commuter entertainment business. There hasn't been a premium Zabecast on a weekday since April. As I said, I still enjoy your podcast and your 980 show, but the premium side is lacking. If you were to shift the Zabecast to $5 a month for all the content, I would sign back up immediately, but the incremental gain for being a premium member Just isn't there the way it was when I could wake up on Friday, fire up the podcast, and drive to work with your insight from the prior day's events. That's great feedback, by the way. That I need and like. Because I have to sort through this. And I'm trying to figure it out myself, and I don't really know. I'm on this end of the microphone. You guys are on the other end of the speakers, not the microphone. Whatever. He says, radio and podcast now are a Monday through Friday commuter... Entertainment business. I channel my inner Sam Kinison from back to school. <laughs> That's what you like to think, huh? Well, is he right? See, I kind of thought, and I listened to a couple of podcasts, but I'm so busy producing content, I don't have as much time to listen to others, although I enjoyed the concept immensely. I said Is that true? Are podcasts now a Monday through Friday deliver it in drive time either in the morning or the afternoon business? Is that what it's become? Because I kind of thought podcasts were a snack anytime you want business. And so I thought, hey, I know I'm releasing the so-called premium or really I should call it subscriber because it's not any more premium. I said, "I, I know I'm releasing it on a Saturday, but... Why would anyone care? It's going to be in your feed if you get the ZabeCast app, ding, ding, ding. It's going to show up. You're going to be able to consume it whenever you want. And many people say that they're always a day or two late listening to the show anyway. So I figured it wasn't a big deal. But Brian Tapman may be right. Maybe I do need to get back to the here it is delivered 4 a.m. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I could do that in theory. However, it could, in theory, cannibalize some of my audience for the new show on 97.3 The Game. Do I want to do that? I could batch record 45-minute episodes of this, that, the other, with guests from here and there and all over the place on the weekends, and lighten my load during the week considerably, but then you don't get the whole, hey, what happened last night? As Brian here says, he liked the fact that he could fire up the Zabecast, listen to my insight from the prior days sports and news events and be on his way i would lose that sort of daily commentary i could do it either way it wouldn't be hard there's tons of stuff i can talk about either on a time delayed basis or in terms of a everyday kind of thing but it's hard to know what everybody wants and i know that many of you are going to respond back saying fuck that guy don't ftg brian brian is a good man and a good subscriber. Actually, after this exchange with him, he said, ah, damn it, Zabe, now I'm going to go back and resubscribe because I, I didn't think you'd be this reasonable. I said, no, 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 no. I said, take the summer off. Seriously. There's nothing, nothing's going to be going on anyway in the summer. You can take the summer off. And I mean that about everybody who is a subscriber. I thank you, thank you, thank you for doing so. But I, the last thing I'm going to do is trap you there. And the last thing I'm going to do is beg you to stay. I have thought about maybe I should make half of all the Zabecast a subscriber thing. Maybe I should make it all a subscriber thing. I mean i I could go for that okie doke and say, all right, we've been doing this for a year and a half now. I've got my base of listeners and i I could look at the numbers and if i if I converted twenty percent twenty percent, let's say, If I converted 30% of all of my average downloads into subscriber, I'd be doing pretty good. But could I keep that? And how long would that sustain? And do I want to do that? You know, he talks about you're going to alienate your fans. I don't want to alienate my fans. You're going to hear from Charge in a second. We talk about this alienation of fans concept, especially when it comes to artists and musicians. I don't know if that feels right to be like, okay, free, 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 for a year and a half, free, 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 millions of downloads, millions of downloads, wham! Now you got to pay for it. I don't know. Feels like I'm sort of tricking you. So I'm working through this. I'm trying to figure it out. Any good, constructive feedback, I'd love to hear. That's all. Many people have said, I fear for your health. I, I At times, you sound tired and exhausted. I, I think you should drop the Zabecast now that you're back up and running with two shows, and we can download those as fans off of the various uh, sites. By the way, I've been told the 97.3 The Game morning show is going to be available on iTunes in days, if not maybe tomorrow. Uh, kudos to our program director, Tim Scott, who made the call and said, fuck it, let's do it iHeart in general doesn't want to share its digital reproduced content of its shows on Apple because they're a competitor. But the iHeart app for the station and for the shows in a podcast sense has been rife with problems. Everyone's been emailing me. And so uh, finally, I think our guy, uh, Timmy Scott, has relented. He's going to let it go on iTunes. So look for that soon. And that should be a good thing right there. People have said you should really drop it. But you got to remember, I built this. I've been doing it for a year and a half. You hate to give up something. You hate to 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 seed ground gained once you've worked your ass off to gain that ground. That's all, and it's always a good hedge. It's a great hedge against all of these media companies and radio companies uh, to say, "Oh, you're gonna fuck on me as Doctor David, Ch- Doctor da- as as Mister Chow in The Hangover says." You want the fuck on me? Okay. You know, if I'm still doing a Zabecast, still have the podcast platform, and then all of a sudden one of the two entities or both says, yeah, you know what, it's not working out. I've got at least a softer place to land. Softer. Not soft, per se, but not as hard as the hard ground. I don't know. So there you go. Enough rambling from me. Thank you to everyone who does subscribe. If you don't subscribe, no big deal. Any feedback on whether or not a weekend delivered? subscriber edition of the show is good, bad, worse. Maybe it's better. Maybe you're like, no, I love that because it's a fresh thing on Saturday when everyone else is not producing stuff. I don't know. I don't know. And I do these at night now because of my schedule and I publish them immediately. And my webmaster, Chris Broussard was like, well, why don't you just hold it until the next morning? And I'm like, what does it fucking matter? He, he, it's there. You're going to listen to it when you listen to it. If you would like to listen in the morning, you can just wait till the morning. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But there you go. Okay. Enough rambling. Who wants to talk to our buddy from the Great White North, Paul Charchian?
1: This is where the DJ talks. Don't say anything. Okay. <music> go. Beauty.
0: Go, 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 go. Okay. I Good love,
1: Charge, and- I
0: love your intro <laughs> just to be able to sing that <laughs> Bob and Doug McKenzie style. Hello, Paul Charchi and fanball.com coming to us from the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul, where they have one of the Cracker Jack finest baseball teams and all of professional hardball this year, huh? Yeah. Excited? How about
2: that? Well, you know, it's been 20 years since we've had a relevant baseball team. And um, 20? The funny thing, 20, you know, we had uh, we got into the play-in game a couple of years ago, lost. And then prior to that, it had been, I think, 13 years since we got swept by the Yankees out of the playoffs. Wow. And a couple of years before that, we lost to the in the first round of the Yankees. And then it's just been rebuild after rebuild after rebuild. And now... Your Minnesota Twins are on record-setting pace in, in a variety of categories, not the least of which is single-season home runs. It's it's bonkers. We you know, this is a team, Zabe. for For the past basically since our nineteen ninety one World Championship, if this Minnesota Twins team needed a run, they needed three hits and a walk. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was no power in these bats and um they changed uh, they changed over the overhaul the front office in their player personnel 2 years ago and they got in all these new analytics guys and then they changed managers this past offseason and what a difference and they 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 signed they signed a handful of hitting free agents cheap guys and it's all clicked it's 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 staggering i give you some stats okay Twins Minnesota Twins number 1 in homers, number 1 in total bases, number 1 in extra base hits, number 1 in slugging, number 1 in ops, number 1 in runs in the entire league.
0: Pretty pretty good.
2: It's uh it's pretty shocking. And the beauty of this, I not ever not having been I've never lived through firsthand a power hitting team ever, even the World Series teams were not Deep power hitting teams with Kirby Puckett and Ken Herbeck. those were just okay power hitting. Oh, teams.
0: it's fun when your team is hitting the shit out of the ball. As the as it's, the commercial goes, "Chicks dig the long ball."
2: They do. Smoltz was right. They dig the long ball. I think it was Smoltz. It was one of the three. Might have been Glavin. They dig the long ball. <laughs> and the other, you know what's so great? The Twins are down by three going into the seventh. For twenty years, I could just turn my TV off. They had a four percent chance of, of turning that around. Right. Now it's you know, half an inning later, they're up by four. It's just been it's so crazy. You,
0: so you guys are blossoming into what I call newfound dot com money in sports, not unlike my friends in Milwaukee with the Bucks, who blossomed into sudden dot com millions mm-hmm. by way of a team that hadn't made it out of the first round in the playoffs, uh, with Giannis to being the regular season best record, and by some accounts, the favorite to go all the way to the NBA Finals. Maybe win it all, if you believe Charles Barkley. So when they finally shit the bed and flamed out, it was an interesting level of disappointment because certainly they were and I was. But at the same time, the money is so new, the riches and the wealth is so foreign, you don't process it the same way as when you've been there Knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door. How will you feel if the twins don't go to the world series this year? Well, I mean, there's a, there's a
2: big difference between, let's say, you know, getting swept in the first round, which would feel at this point awful because they have a, I think it's either, I think they're up by 12 games in their division.
0: Oh, they're cakewalking it. it,
2: Right. I mean, you know, they're going to the playoffs. If they get swept in the first round now, I feel, it would feel terrible, but, um, you know, if they if they got to the ALCS and just you know took it to seven games and couldn't quite get there, that would still be pretty thrilling. So, so,
0: so yeah. So if if they went to the ALCS and lost in seven, you'd be able to deal with it.
2: Yes. Based on where we've been for the twins for this long. Heck yeah. We, yeah, we could work
0: with that. You'll still be pissed though. I can, I can tell you that right now.
2: I'd be disappointed. I don't think I'd be pissed. I think I'd be disappointed. Bottom line is
0: bottom line is charged. While you and I are hooked up here. Ain't nobody want us here. Ain't nobody wants to hear us talk baseball. They want us (laughs) to talk. They want us to talk tech. They want us to talk nerd. And that's what you and I are really good at. So let's talk nerd. I forgot, what it. what was the number one thing on your list, nerd-wise, to talk about?
2: Well, my number one, well, I don't know if it's nerd-wise or not, but um, my number one thing overall is Ticketmaster and Ticket yes. fees, And I, I, I got stung by this, and I decided to do a deep dive. Okay. You know, what the okay. hell's going on?
0: Hold on, time out. Ladies and gentlemen, our dear friend Paul... Just found out that Ticketmaster likes to bend people over and fuck them up the ass. (laughs) Paul is approximately 20 years late to this party with fees (laughs) and service charges and add-ons. But here you are. So Uh, what concert did you go to?
2: Well, I bought tickets for uh, a concert in Madison, right? So I'm I'm in in Minnesota. I need to go to a concert in Madison. How how far is that drive? It's four hours from the okay. Twin Cities. All right, uh, because it's it's my favorite band and my daughter and my daughter's favorite band. What's the I've been group? Able to exert my will. Uh, you will not have heard of it, but other, a handful of your listeners will. Explosions in the Sky I think is the you, name of the
0: band. I think you told me about this band. I think you told me the time you took your daughter all the way to Milwaukee to see him. That's right. Exactly.
2: That's exactly the band. So now we're gonna we're gonna go to Madison where they're doing an all ages show, and then the next day they'll play here at a an 18 or over show, which I will, I will also go to, but so I need to buy my tickets online. I can't go to the box office at 300 miles away in Madison. I need to buy them online. I buy two $90 tickets. So that's $180.
0: By the way, at this point, Ticketmaster is like the two uh, rednecks in deliverance saying to you, (laughs) you ain't. You ain't never been to Ain'tree, have you, boy? You ain't, hey, boy. You ain't never bought tickets online from Ticketmaster. Yeah, we. Okay, so ninety-dollar yeah. tickets is ninety dollars. A lot, a little, about par um, for the course for you for a concert because everyone's different.
2: Yeah, this for me the kind I usually go to indie bands that are usually in the twenty or thirty dollar range, but this is first row of the balcony. So it's a splurge. So I, my so my daughter can see this thing really well, right? Because it, it's, a, know, splurge. it's, it's yeah, a splurge. So it's a splurge. Okay, it is. But ninety so,
0: bucks, no big deal. All right. Yeah. Now, so
2: one hundred eighty bucks is, is the price of the tickets. What do I end up getting charged after fees? Two hundred fifty-one dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Seventy one dollars in fees. Seventy one. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, I'm, you know, with leak safe. I understand, you know, we, you know, if I want to transfer, say money from Zabes, uh, Zabes account at League safe into your bank account, it costs me money at leak safe. I have to charge you some money. I need to keep the lights on my servers going. Got to take you a know, skim. Whatever. So, yeah. So we take, we take about, th- you know, um, usually in the two to three, $4 range, right? $71 for two tickets and fees. So I decide I'm going to figure out what the hell's going on. Here's what's happening. A lot of that that $71 is not going entirely to Ticketmaster.
0: Hold on. Time out. Can you elaborate specifically what the $71 comprises? Fuel yes. surcharge, post 9-11 fee, tire. They don't tire yeah. disposal fee. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of all the, uh, uh, line insurance guarantee. Yes. I'm like, like I'm thinking of all the bullshit charges in various yeah, industries that you get. About you know? this?
2: Yeah. There's the service fee, the facility fee, the order processing fee, the delivery fee, and the laughably named convenience fee Good because convenience. that $71 was not convenient for me. I can tell right, you that.
0: Much. Right. Okay. So, um, so, so you're, you're now digging deep into finding out. How does this outrage exist, even though there have been numerous stories about the unholy stranglehold Ticketmaster has over A, venues, B, acts, C, booking agents, and D, the secondary market? Proceed. That's correct. Proceed.
2: Yeah, that's right. Uh, But it's all new to me anyway. A lot of this information was anyway for me, hopefully for some of your listeners too. Oh, yeah. Here's what the money's not all going to Ticketmaster. So that was the first thing that I learned that I didn't know. I assumed that it was all going to them. Here's the reality, though: the uh, thirty to fifty percent of that fee goes to the venue. The venue's getting a bunch of the money out of that, mm-hmm. which makes a certain amount of sense. Also, uh, a big chunk of it goes to the performers, and this is the real secret. Because the artists don't want you to know how much they're getting on the ticket. They want to be the one. They want that ticket to feel (laughs) like it's a $90 ticket. They don't want their fans to feel gouged because then the fans go to them and they go, hey, you know, explosions in the sky or, you know, pick a band. Uh, What the hell? Why are you gouging your fans for $500 a ticket for you, too? They, they, They don't. They don't, the artists don't want to be the ones on the hook. So, secretly, Ticketmaster is giving them a bunch of money back. And then they also give money, about 15% goes to the promoter. So, the promoter is getting a bunch of that as well. And at the end of the day, Ticketmaster gets, they say, far less than 50% of the service fees themselves. The rest are going to the venue, the artist, and the promoter. And so, what does Ticketmaster really? selling what is it what is the real service they're providing save they're the bad guy in the equation they're the ones everybody gets mad at they're taking the bullet for the venue despite the fact the venue's getting money nobody nobody's mad at the venue for the 71 bucks nobody's mad at the artist for the 71 bucks nobody's mad at the promoter for the 71 bucks they're all mad at Ticketmaster, and that's a huge part of the value proposition that they bring
0: well the whole live concert uh, ecosystem is complex. Agreed? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you have a lot of disparate interests and disparate sort of entities all trying mm-hmm. to angle for their slice of the revenue stream, and you've got certain elements, like the artist, that wants to disguise their own greed because mm-hmm. they depend on their fans' goodwill. It's, an, right. inter- it's an interesting concept because... I uh, before you before I called you up and got you on today, I read an email exchange I had with a a, a listener who had been subscribing to the Zabe cast and the so-called premium, which I really need to stop calling it premium. I just need to call it subscriber because I don't feel like that the paid uh, episode once a week is any better than the rest. It's just (laughs) I hold one back as sort of like a. Hey, if you really want to go all the way and support me, here's how you do mm-hmm. it. But this mm-hmm. is but this is the actual quote that's st- stuck with me and I I couldn't believe it, but uh this guy said, "I wish you the best with your morning and afternoon shows and the podcast, but please stop the quote Premium Zabe cast before you alienate more fans." What that sentence says to me is there's this how dare you involved <laughs> which i find to be a little bit irrational if not off-putting if you don't want to pay then just don't pay
2: don't pay right
0: but there's the harm in that but but this gentleman and by the way we had a good civil exchange i yeah. heard his complaints i asked him specifically what it was I said, honestly, I go, you know what? I do understand your thinking there, and maybe you're right. I need to think more about this. And then he's turning around and going, okay, I'm going to resubscribe. And I go, no, 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 no. I said, take the summer off. I don't need your five bucks, for God's sakes. (laughs) But but the whole thing about alienating fans. He is not the Uh only one, Charge, who has said to me, you're alienating your fans. And I stopped to think about that going... Why do people who love an artist, whether it's you with this band or yeah. they love a podcast like people do with this, why would they ever let anything get in the way of your affinity oh, for the artist? Right. And why would somebody who likes the music of band X say, oh, 140 bucks a ticket. Fuck you. I got a family to raise. How dare you? Yes. That's, you've just touched on
2: one of the other salient points. of This whole thing, Zabe, the price is so high because it's an emotional purchase. A beloved band is coming to town. That might happen once every two years, three years, right. most of your lifetime. If you don't see them right here, you know, in 2019, your next chance it's a might be 2022. Precious
0: opportunity.
2: Right? Yes, and it's and a
0: limited opportunity because seats are finite
2: they are very finite and that's a whole other thing with, with the scalping problem. Have you ever tried to buy tickets at what, at the moment they go on sale.
0: No, I rarely go to concerts, although I'd like to go to more.
2: Here's let me, let me tell you what happens. Your tickets are going on sale uh, tomorrow at 10 AM. So at nine fifty nine, you are frantically refreshing the page to get access to the ticket sale. And at 10 o'clock, You The page refreshes, and the best tickets are already gone. And not just, I mean, the best 100, you know, the best, say, if it's a big arena, right? Call it it
0: percentage. Call it the best 10%.
2: The best best 80% are gone. What? By the time you've just refreshed. No, no, hold on, hold on. And two minutes later, they're all
0: gone. The best 80% or 80%?
2: Well, usually the best 80%.
0: Which means 80% of some other percent because you're defining best as some percentage of tickets.
2: um, What I'm trying to say, uh, not very well, is 80% of the tickets are gone, of the total tickets, and all of the best seats are gone. Oh, oh, oh. The stuff in the back back might be available. All
0: right, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Just to be proper here, and I'm not chastising, I'm just being specific. It's I not understand. 80% of the best tickets are gone. No. 80 80% of the tickets. the tickets are gone. And of course, that encompasses all but the shittiest 20% left behind. Correct. Exactly. Is it that high that goes to uh, secondary market and scalpers and group ticket guys? Get this. 80%? 80, here, get this. And this is in the time it took you to refresh
2: at 10 a.m., right? So within like 60 seconds, they're all gone. But who got them? bots, thousands of them. Get this. There are bot farms out there that purchase tickets at a speed of 500 tickets per second.
0: Is there no way to combat that?
2: They have no good way to combat it. They're trying right now. They say they're trying, right? Ticketmaster says, that they stopped six billion bot attempts last year. And so these at a are rate of eleven thousand per minute.
0: So these are say that they so, the, stopped. so these are secondary market uh, secondary ticket sellers. Correct. Okay. Scalpers. Well, they, just I, like I, me and you. And by but, the but way, legal, but no, yeah. but they're well, they're scalpers, but they're secondary market scalpers. Yes. So they're organized Correct. and almost yes. legitimized secondary yes. including the venues, probably have some relationship. With their own secondary market.
2: There are, pe- there are many people that think that that's exactly what's happening.
0: Which is ridiculous that. because if that ticket for a good seat will go on the secondary market for twice the $90 face, then the $90 face is too low. That right. it should be sold at $180 from the jump, not at half of what the market will actually bear.
2: Right, but again, the band doesn't want that because now the band is on the firing line because they're the bad guys.
0: Okay, and I look at this, Church, entirely from an artist perspective because I am one, even though i don't yeah. I'm not douchebag enough to call myself an artist. But I look at it from a creative standpoint saying, hey, fuck everybody. They have no idea how hard it is to make it as a musician to where you could get paid and pay for a, a Honda Civic payment playing music it's hard as shit and you put yeah. in the hours and you go yeah. through all this stuff where our band is finally big enough fuck you 180 pay it or stay home i don't give a shit right right but and they don't want to be it, seen as that because the right. average it, person doesn't understand or respect how hard it is and uh, as to being an artist and they don't want to pay for something that's the other thing none of us wanna pay want to shit. pay for no. shit
2: we don't want to of course not and they also they just they also don't know how that 180 bucks gets carved up and how you know how much the band gets versus wow. how much everybody else gets in there and they can't distinguish it
0: okay so, so the, the and i know there have been stories i've only cursed, cursory looked at them cuz again i'm not a big concert goer so it's not in my wheelhouse of concerns but there have been talks about how do we break up ticketmaster didn't pearl jam famously go to war with ticketmaster
2: Yep, they tried and lost. Yeah, and they, uh, they couldn't beat Ticketmaster, and they really there's really um, Ticketmaster's got the overwhelming majority of venues. of the ticket sales, but they also have the venues yeah. and their promoters as well. And so they're getting, you know, we talk about carving it up three ways, but a lot of the times they're two or three of the ways themselves. Oh, so yeah, it's know, like everything but the artist in that chain.
0: It's like having the whorehouse the whores, the VD clinic, and the police <laughs> all in your back pocket. <laughs> you can't win. They've got every angle to this game right here. And they, exactly. they, they know that you need it. So here's one way if you want to stop bots and if you truly want to stop the secondary market, which I don't think they do want to stop it. Mm-hmm. I think it's designed to facilitate the secondary market. You could make it so that you have to call by phone and talk to a human being. Right. That would throttle it. You would staff it up with a 20 people and you'd sit there on hold and you could do it that way. But it would be inconvenient for people. Right. They wouldn't like it, but it would stop the Russian bot farms.
2: It would, but now, you know, where I think the other side of that is somebody's, you're going to pay, probably pay more because they got to pay a real human being to sit and answer that phone. And it's a way, way, way slower process, right? You know, if the website can service thousands of people at one time, sure, a person on the phone can service one at a time. And you know, you're not going to have a thousand people. you might have 50 people. I didn't say, I didn't
0: say it'd be convenient. I said it would stop the bots.
2: In the old days, when we grew up, scalpers were limited to, you're buying physical tickets and you had to, you know, you had to go stand in line to go buy tickets at the arena or whatever. And then you had to go stand in front of the arena to go sell the tickets.
0: I knew guys, so now, I knew guys in high school that that were in that business and they started mm-hmm. employing homeless people to stand outside in all weather yeah. to hold their spot in line. Yes. Old not, school right? shit, and then you got to carry the tickets with you. You've got to right. risk being mugged or stabbed outside the venue. <laughs> if you are too aggressive in your negotiating, you may have to eat some tickets. If it comes yes. concert time, it was totally inefficient. But it there was. was still there was still money to be made, though.
2: Yeah, but now the money, of course, is it all multiplies uh, because you can do everything in mass, and you can resell online and with the internet and the bots. And by the way, you could buy, you could get into this business. Your high school buddy could get into this business. You can buy the bot software for about 500 bucks and you could just get in that business yourself right now for a five, for $500. You could be, you could add to the, the bot menace.
0: So if I could right now charge, put on my somewhat disinterested white lab coat of a doctor who's just seen too many patients in a day, mm-hmm, I'll ask mm-hmm. this question. So Paul, what's the problem? <laughs> let's My, cut the, to the chase the 71 paul, paul the what's the what's the problem did the problem you get the tickets
2: uh i did I
0: are they the are they are the are the seats to your satisfaction
2: uh, well yeah they are i'm in the first row of the balcony yeah
0: and you are not bankrupt because of it
2: no or else i wouldn't have bought them but i'm not happy either and <laughs> it's a monopoly
0: I'm not happy. Okay, so I've I, so I've I, I've diagnosed your problem as your uh doctor. You're not happy. happy. Take two of these <laughs> shut the fuck up pills and call me in the morning. You're going to go see this band with your mm-hmm. daughter who is how mm-hmm. old? 13. Plays guitar, musically yep. inclined? Yes. Loves her dad? Yeah. You're going to have a life experience church that is beyond value. That is true. Just we go had, we with did, it, my we friend. Did, we did it in
2: Milwaukee two years ago when I took her to that show in Milwaukee when she was eleven. So it will, it will be great, and I will never, I will, I ever remember the seventy-one dollars. No, <laughs> but that doesn't mean I can't be pissed off about it right now.
0: You know, my, uh, my, I remember my dad once. Uh, we were at a medieval times with the extended family in Anaheim, California. Ever been to one of those?
2: No, but I assume it's like a jousting dinner, turkey leg, medieval you yeah. know, wench, serving wench kind of deal,
0: right? It's, it's an indoor horse ring with yeah. actors wearing medieval garb. Mm-hmm. You then sit in the stands and you get served some low-grade <laughs> chicken legs and other stuff. <laughs> and they charge money for it. And, yeah. it's it you know, as far as shows goes, it's not the worst thing in the world. The food is crap, but whatever. So we get in there. And immediately, they start hitting you up with, get a pennant for your favorite night. Get oh, this, get this, get that. And my dad's shelling out the money left to right. And I'm actually kind of like, Dad, you don't have to buy all this. And he <sighs> just looks at me and says, it's all part of the deal, Stephen. Yeah, part of the yeah. deal. That was my dad's philosophy. You know what? In for a dime, in for a dollar. What can you do?
2: Mm-hmm. So If you're going to do it, you may as well do it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. so. So so that's one concert. What other concerts are you going to this summer? And what is the big concert venue in MSP?
2: We we don't have an outdoor venue, which frustrates me to no end. Most most cities the size of Minneapolis have got some great outdoor amphitheater or something.
0: Why do you think that we is? Have,
2: well, it's because we got a two and a half month cycle to actually have anybody play outdoors.
0: Here. Seasons too short, and the other thing Seems is too short. Milwaukee with Summerfest. Sucks all the bands into the region over the summer. And so, you know, that's kind of a big gravitational pull away from you guys, I'd say.
2: It is, but you would think the, like the three days before and the three days after, you may as well come to Minneapolis, right? Right. So they do the Chicago, Milwaukee to Minneapolis route,
0: you you would think. You would think, right? Um,
2: Yeah. Yeah. and And we do get, you know, we get our fair number of bands, although not as many as I want. I'll tell you, the other band I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh we're driving to Chicago to see another band and the only thing I'll note on this you will not have heard of this band either they're called mono but here's get this the band speaking of venues they're playing in the Bohemian National Cemetery huh I know it's in a it's in we're gonna see a show in the mausoleums outside <laughs> it is outdoors amidst, in the cemetery amidst tombstones. Yes, I guess I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't think we're like. I don't think we're literally you, sitting on and around tombstones because I think it's, that wouldn't be right. But we're going to be on the grounds of the cemetery and apparently in the mausoleum
0: area, from what people tell me. You don't think that's sacrilegious to some degree?
2: I don't think so. Disrespectful of the dead? Are you worried digging
0: up the dead and looting their
2: rings? No, I don't think so. Are you worried about
0: are you worried about a bony fist poking out of the ground, shaking it (laughs) at you, saying, Keep that noise down? Some of us are trying to to rest in peace forever.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can only hope so.
0: Well, exactly. cool. Well, I want to, I, I want to re, report from that. And, uh, nice. I, I can't wait for the feedback from listeners, uh, both maybe in a uh, churlish amazement that charge is just learning about the scam that is Ticketmaster, but also maybe with some insight on where the industry is going. And if there is any relief in sight from this insane monopoly, because it does seem insane.
2: Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it really it is. It's a monopoly, and that's what rubs everybody wrong. And I I've tweeted a little bit about this uh, when I when this all went down about three weeks ago. Yeah. And a lot of people were like, "Wow, capitalism! You know, you get you know, this is what you expect." But it's it's a monopoly.
0: It's crony well, capitalism. It's crony cap. Anything. Right. Thank you. It's crony capitalism and it's inefficient capitalism mm-hmm. because true capitalism would have vibrant competitors that keep Ticketmaster honest. Wasn't there wasn't there a rival to Ticketmaster that was almost its peer, and did they get subsumed by Ticketmaster? Yeah. Um, Do you remember who that was? Yes,
2: it was in uh, it was in like the late '80s, early '90s. Uh, event but I don't something. remember who it was.
0: Not Ticketmaster. You might be something, right. Event not, something.
2: And, and not venue. Next, uh, the other one that's still alive right now is called Etix, and that uh, some of our some of our venues. So every venue only gets one of these. So if your venue uh, our big venue here in town is called First Avenue, and it's where Prince used to play all the time. And it's it's a big deal here, but nationally, most people don't know about it. But First Avenue only has one. They either choose Ticketmaster or basically eTix, and it's that's it. I mean, you get what you get.
0: I would like to. Uh, you're you're not coming to D.C. anytime this summer, are you?
2: No, unfortunately.
0: Have you ever heard of a place called Wolf Trap? Say it again. Wolf Trap. No. Wolf Trap National Park for the Performing Arts. It is a covered amphitheater on a hillside in suburban Washington, just miles from the mean streets where I grew up in McLean, Virginia. It is, Mm. as my dad would call it, welfare for the rich. It's a national park. You're looking it up right now. I can hear you. Look it up. Look up the yes. pictures, okay? So it's run by the government, uh, the national parks, but it's also it's mm-hmm. sort of its own entity. And they bring in some pretty good acts when it's all said and done. And it is one of the most exquisite venues in terms of both comfort, sight lines, ambiance, etc. cetera. And get this, charge. It's nestled like in a fucking neighborhood, like the neighborhood I grew up in. It's not out somewhere way far out of the market. It's just outside the Beltway in a neighborhood. It's hilarious how lucky we are to have this in our backyard.
2: Wow. And it took a public works, taxpayer-funded... Thing to get this started. I by don't way, know. Beautiful. I don't know who's beautiful.
0: You like that? I don't know who started oh. it. I don't know the nature behind it. All I know is I've been to a number of uh shows there. And you know, look, they got Buddy Guy with Kenny Wayne Shepherd, they've got Pat Benatar, Neil Giraldo, and Melissa Etheridge coming. Diana Ross is coming at the end mm. of summer. So yeah. and then they got a bunch of other sort of eclectic things. And they have some nerd shows like the Game yeah, of Thrones, man. you know, orchestra with the big screen. And they'll show the, they'll play the music of Peter Dinklage, Peter <laughs> Dinklage, while showing scenes from Game <laughs> of Thrones and charge way too much money. Uh, my band, Earth can they, Wind... Can't,
2: wait, can they, can they change the ending?
0: <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. My band, Earth oh, okay. Wind and Fire, is coming mm-hmm. on July 2nd. And I really, really, really should go see them because they've been there a number of times and I just haven't seen them. And if I'm going to call well, them one of my favorite bands, I better go fucking see them in person once, right?
2: And and by the way, see them while you can. I mean, they're not young. I mean, these are guys in their 70s now. 60, uh
0: Lionel like, Richie, Lionel Richie Monday uh uh August, July 15th. Come on down. Weird Al Yankovic. Wow. Sheryl Crow still performing. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen her. And any good
2: She was she her voice was was so close to what you've heard in this from the studio. It was unreal. Really? I mean, you know, so many times you go to concerts and the singer sounds only like a, you know, like some kind of mutated version of you know of what you know what you were used to hearing. And that's not the case here. So, yeah, she she was uh, she was very good.
0: Bruce Hornsby and the Noisemakers. I don't know who they are, but Bruce Hornsby, uh, Reba McIntyre. So oh, Steve, yeah. Steve Miller huge. Steve Miller band.
2: So well, okay, what is the deal that all of these people are like sixty plus? Is that is that part of the deal with the Wolf Trap Theater? Is there yeah. there's an age there's some kind of an age limit on this
0: thing? You know, I talked to uh, I talked to the uh, uh, Bernie. Oh, I forget Bernie's last name. He's been very good to Sam's. me and other people. No, no, <laughs> he's he's been good to me and other people. And and he he's he's one of the ticket managers, booking managers at Wolf Trap. And I talked to him recently, and he said a lot of acts they look at what other acts are there. Yeah, and if, and if they don't like. Who else is coming? They don't want to necessarily be associated associated with it because yeah, they'll I say that. they'll say this venue is just not a fit for us. So it does skew right. older. I told you it's welfare for the rich. Sting is coming at the end of August, so there's that. I Mary guess Mary Blige. St- I mean, fuck it. I need Stings to Sting's get... over sixty-two. I need Mary K Blige's. Oh, no, I hate that. All right, Uh charge. I I think we're done here. I think we did good work today. We talked virtually no sports except for your beloved Twins. And then we talked concerts yes. and musics and economics and everything else. So let's leave it at that.
2: End, I, have, I have two loose ends for you that I just am, I'm going to put a please bow do. on this. Please Number please one, yeah. Twins have, have the Cy Young leader in their pitching staff as well, who I did not mention. Oh, and Jesus that's Christ. Odor-Easy, did did you buy that.
0: two dozen uh, twin stats at a corner shop and now you've got to get got, rid of them all? It was who, a baker's dozen. Who was they, asking? I got the 13th free. Who asked for more twin stats? I didn't. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Give me one more.
2: Uh, I, uh, <laughs> next time. Next time, I talk, I've want to. i done a deep dive on all the tech that is coming in your car in the next five years. That's our next nerdy thing. Okay. You will be astounded. And it's not just as simple as self-driving car. That You will be astounded at what kind of plans they've got for your experience in your car. And I mean, not, you know, not like this in future, in the next five years.
0: All right. Very good. Charge, always a pleasure, my friend. We'll we'll hook up next week.
2: Sounds great. Bye-bye.
0: Let's end on this. I have nothing against Jim Nance per se, other than he has become a syrupy, almost smarmy caricature of himself. I have always been Nance positive as a broadcaster, as an announcer. I think he is sublime when he is on point. Both in golf, obviously, with the Masters, and also on football. I think he's very good. And college basketball. He does test my patience at times with his douchiness. The hello, hello, friends, has gotten to be comical in its over-the-topness. If that's even a phrase, over-the-topness. The The story of him handing out his tie to the MVP of the Final Four is groan-inducing. The wine collection he introduced and the... Descriptions of how and why he did it and this, that, the other. And now the Vineyard Vines clothing collection, which is absurdly and hysterically overpriced. It's a bit much to make you roll your eyes. But hey, he's obviously happy. He's living his best life. He got out of a marriage that was not working for him. He married his publicist who was several, two decades his junior, I believe. Attractive young gal. Had a new baby with his new wife. Has a house On Pebble fucking beach. Unbelievably nice. And he's got life by the tail. He's got life by the tail and he's swinging it around his head. He's got life so much by the tail. So when I see clips like this of Phil Mickelson prepping for the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach next week in Jim Nance's backyard on his miniature seventh hole replica with a synthetic green, a shot of like 60 yards or something, and when I see Mickelson make a hole-in-one and Nance films it, and puts a little production behind it. Well, you can take a listen, but my first thought was, "Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck all of you guys." I wish I was there. I wish that was me, assholes.
1: Oh, this is what he's talking about right here. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Come here it comes. Oh! It's in the hole. Oh, that's so it's
0: done. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What a way to prep for the United States Open.
0: That's right. (laughs) That's right. But in retrospect, what can you do? There's apparently a plaque that has everyone who's made a hole-in-one at that little par three in Nance's backyard engraved plaque. It includes Tony Romo. So there you go again. If you want to groan about (laughs) douchebags who are rich being douchebags, envy is a hell of a thing. And it's not jealousy. I learned that from Homer Simpson. Jealousy is worried about someone taking away what you have. Envy is wishing you had what somebody else had. And look, I had a putting green in my backyard of my former house. It was small. just about the size of uh, a trampoline. But it was nice to have. It was cool. I've got a full-sized football field and a golf hole in my backyard now. It's cool. It's great. I like it. People look at me like, you do- you're do. you the douchebag, Zabe. Eh? You're the one that has all this shit. But I'm in the phase of life where, you know what? I don't know how much longer I'll have this. I don't know how much longer I'll need this. I've gotten out of the lawn mowing business, which has been incredibly liberating and and life perspective altering. So there's that. So we'll just see what happens in the next couple of years. In the meantime, fuck Jim Nance, fuck Phil Mickelson, and damn it, I wish I was there. That will wrap it for me today. Thanks to Charge for coming on by. Thank you for listening and downloading as always. Tell a couple friends if you don't mind, give me a good rating on iTunes and a bunch of stars and a review. It helps the algorithm pump me up and I will keep on keeping on as long as I can, no matter what. Because I do enjoy doing this. I really do. It's almost like therapy for me. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great night and we will see you next time. Like rain and the sun today Like a million dollars that you Like a dog on
1: a wind, we'll fly. Hello. Discover here.